Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, and today I want to bring you another Spark episode. Many segments intended to spark your thinking and ignite your practice. These short episodes are based on my written reflections, which you can find on the Teachers on Fire magazine at medium.com. Today's Spark is titled, 12 Reasons to Publish Student Podcasts to a Global Audience. Recently, I was asked how I could justify the publishing of student work. What was the educational value in sharing student content on podcasts that can be listened to throughout the world? That's a fair question, and it deserves a thoughtful answer, because we don't have to publish student-created content. Students can learn a great deal and build strong communication skills simply by recording and creating audio content that stays within the LMS, the building, or the local learning community. So this post won't waste time defending the value of using voice as a medium of communication, a vehicle for the design process, or a means of multimedia production. I'll assume that most educators are already on board with that. In fact, I'll try hard to leave out any arguments that could just as easily be applied to in-house recording activities. Instead, I'll zero in on the question at hand. What's the educational value of publishing student podcasts? For the points that follow, I'll lump together three expressions of student podcasts. Number one, those created collectively as a class, typically under the teacher's name, like a former podcast of mine, the Great Expectations podcast. Number two, those created collaboratively by two or more students. And three, solo productions by students. Although the privacy issues and implications vary slightly in each of these forms, the essential question remains the same. Why is it a good idea for our students' voices to be heard across the planet? I'll briefly address privacy concerns at the end of the piece. Here they are, 12 reasons to publish student podcasts to a global audience. Number one, a global stage allows students to develop digital leadership. As 21st century educators in a wired world, we understand the importance of teaching the skills and values of digital literacy and citizenship, but digital citizenship is about so much more than simply being kind, respectful, and safe online, all traits that feel noticeably passive. As George Kuros wrote in 2013 and Jennifer Cassatod reframed in 2015, digital leadership is about being proactive. It's about creating content that communicates our core values. It's about intentionally shaping our digital footprint before passively waiting for others to shape it for us. It's about improving the lives, well-being, and circumstances of others. Number two, publishing creates opportunities for positive global impact. Still on the theme of digital leadership, we want our students to make a positive difference in the world, all of the world. My school's theme this year is World Healers, and many schools are taking similar postures of care using the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals as a guiding framework. Can kids actually make an impact around the planet? Yes. With all of the logistical challenges of sharing content beyond the walls of the classroom and school building, the podcast medium allows students to raise their voices, share their ideas, and contribute things of beauty and utility in the world. Quote, I am a teacher in California, but learn a lot from Scott Ampersand students in Illinois, tweeted Christopher Pepper. Lise Farquhar, a teacher in the United Arab Emirates, shared how she was inspired by the work of my former eighth graders. Students can make an impact. That's not to say that every piece of created content will be a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speech or a Maya Angelou poem. 
Much of it, especially the collaborative and solo content that shows up in podcasting clubs, may be goofy and fun to start. But play-based learning makes an excellent on-ramp, and with each outline, recording, and episode, students will gain confidence, competence, and impact. As Rabbi Michael Cohen says in Educated by Design, quote, the purpose of all the tools in the world, including all technology, is to provide positive, good, and constructive value to us and those around us. As an educator, I am committed to supporting students and teachers around me to independently succeed in this mission. The mission, simply put, is to leverage the skills and creative thinking of today to make the world a better place than it was yesterday. Number three, student podcasts amplify student voice and choice. They literally do, and yes, I really do mean literally. <laughs> One of the great missions of K-12 education at the moment is to increase student agency, to leverage tools of self-reflection, portfolios, inquiry, voice, and choice in ways that allow students to take more control of their own learning journey. When it comes to publishing podcasts, the wider the audience, the greater the amplification of student voice will be. Number four, authentic audiences generate feedback that informs practice. More eyes, well, ears on work, means more opportunities for feedback. Research demonstrates that when feedback is kind, specific, and helpful, it can greatly improve practice. That's not to say that feedback will be easy to come by or that it will always be kind, specific, or helpful, but as kids continue to create, that feedback will come. And when it doesn't, there will be lessons there too. In the words of Coquitlam teacher Rob Heinrichs, quote, audience is only authentic if the audience provides feedback, otherwise little chance to grow. If a podcast is only published internally, the variety of feedback is severely limited. Ron Berger illustrates this hierarchy of audience as beginning at a base level to present to a teacher to fulfill a requirement and gradually moving up the scale, increasing in motivation and engagement on the part of the student. So again, it would start at the bottom with to present to a teacher to fulfill a requirement. That's the simple one-to-one -one vertical exchange. Next, to present to parents. Next, to present to the school community. To present to a public audience beyond the school. To present to people capable of critiquing and to be of service in the world. Number five, a global showcase increases engagement, motivation, and pride in work. For some students, the prospect of seeing their own work on Spotify is enough to bring a smile. It changes the game. Suddenly their work is out there and it matters. And because they feel that it matters, they're more likely to take pride and intention in their work. It's no secret that as a rule, homeowners tend to invest more of their time, energy, and resources into the place where they live than do renters. Why? Because it's theirs. It's called pride of ownership. As Dr. Brenda Fields writes, they become true authors with a real audience. Number six, a published podcast can give students permanent ownership of their creation. When I shared this topic on Twitter, Mike Dunn wrote, quote, I think that ownership is important. Students feel like it's their podcast and then have access to it in perpetuity after their time in school ends. So much of what students do and create in school stays with the school. By allowing students to create their own published podcast, we're giving them the means to carry forward a creative endeavor that is uniquely theirs. Whether they continue to create after high school or whether it just gives them the confidence to pursue another tangential creative activity, I'm calling that a win as well. Number seven, podcast publishing allows educators to walk with students through the creative process. 
As Becky Latoff points out on Twitter, kids need coaching and mentoring for content creation and esports, which they will still do if unguided. Tech heavily influences this generation. We need to get our heads out of the sand and meet them in the 21st century. She's right, it's nearly impossible for us as educators to achieve any kind of mentoring relationship with students on Instagram or TikTok. My advice to fellow professionals is to actually not follow students on those platforms in order to avoid liability. If you see disturbing content by students in those spaces, you're then obligated to act. But podcasting creates a safer space for educators to consume student content, share in their creative experience, and speak into their practice. Number eight, podcasting is a marketable career skill. No, not everyone is going to collect the $100 million contract from Spotify that Joe Rogan landed in 2020, but podcast consumption and on-demand listening has been on a steady rise for the last decade and shows no sign of letting up. Related media fields offer similar career opportunities. To the essential question of why publish, I would argue that in-house recordings don't offer the sense of growth and trajectory that published content does. They're not fully real, they're certainly not marketable, and they can't be included in a portfolio until the student hits publish. Number nine, published podcasts can connect with the learning village. Submit an audio file on Google Classroom and the teacher can listen. Share it on Seesaw and classmates and parents can enjoy it. But publish it on Apple and Spotify and now relatives in Hong Kong, Manila or San Francisco can tune in and subscribe. Episodes can be shared as easily as sharing a link. Just like that, more relatives are cheering on the young creator and more of the village is invested in the student's learning. Number 10. Published podcasts can foster a culture of creativity and learning across the whole school community. In reference to podcast publication, Joel Dykshorn wrote about making school walls permeable, about celebrating learning within and outside of our school communities. Even for teachers and students who are not directly involved in podcast creation and publication, the knowledge that these activities are going on at all helps to reinforce culture and identity in a school community. Podcasting activities tell the broader learning community, this is who we are and this is what we do. We're creators, we're learners, we're not afraid to share our message with the world, we're passionate about it. Number 11, global collaboration is an ISTE standard. Because it's in the curriculum is not the best justification for learning activities and not every school or district will follow the ISTE standards. But the International Society for Technology and Education is highly respected in the educational technology space and their members have identified seven standards or skills that every student should learn. Surely there are few better ways of helping students become creative communicators and global collaborators than through podcasting. ISTE standard number six, creative communicator reads, students communicate clearly and express themselves creatively for a variety of purposes using the platforms, tools, styles, formats, and digital media appropriate to their goals. And ISTE standard number seven, global collaborator says, students use digital tools to broaden their perspectives and enrich their learning by collaborating with others and working effectively in teams locally and globally. Number 12. Published podcasts represent authentic learning. 
Under Authentic Learning, the technology integration matrix developed by Arizona K-12 Center says that, quote, students use technology tools to link learning activities to the world beyond the instructional setting rather than working on decontextualized assignments, end quote. Authentic transformation involves the innovative use of technology for higher order learning activities in a global or local context. Decontextualized is a great way to describe student content creations that go nowhere and are seen or heard by almost no one. By thinking beyond the instructional setting, we are empowering more meaningful learning. Addressing concerns around student privacy. Student privacy is an all-important issue and its regulation varies by state, district, and school. Stakeholders will rightfully be wary of exposing student data or putting students in vulnerable positions in the public eye. But with parent consent, I believe student podcast publishing can be done safely and well. Here are a few suggested guidelines that should steer student podcasters to safe waters. Number one, the school's name should not appear anywhere in print, either on the podcast description, episode show notes, logo, etc., or in the audio content. Number two, student last name should also not appear anywhere in print or audio content. And three, associated emails should also not include student last names. By simply removing these identifiers, students should be able to publish safely. Thanks to my PLN for their contributions. As I prepared for this piece, I reached out to my professional learning network on Twitter for their ideas and perspectives. The responses were incredible and helped me formulate my thoughts here. I've cited and quoted many in the article, but to all those I couldn't, I want to say a heartfelt thanks. It's so encouraging to connect with other educators who share my vision and values for student learning. When I raised this topic on Twitter, Dr. Kelly Christofferson wrote, why does anyone publish a podcast? In many ways, it really is that simple. Why does a writer share their writing? Why does a painter share their paintings, a photographer their photographs, or a singer their songs? If fame and fortune were removed from the equation, would we still not share our creations with the world? In Education by Design, Rabbi Michael Cohen writes, quote, We want our students to believe that they have the ability to create something incredible. But for that to happen, they must experience the freedom of authentic learning. Our students must be allowed to take risks and be given the space to experiment, fail, and try again. Let's give our students the power to create incredible things. My name is Tim Cavey, and I'm proud to contribute to the education conversation through the Teachers on Fire podcast. Make sure to connect with me at Teachers on Fire to catch more from me and hear from amazing educators who are bringing growth and transformation to K-12 education today. If this episode resonated with you in some way, it would make my day to hear about it. I'll also invite you to join me live on the Teachers on Fire YouTube channel every Saturday morning for conversations with other educators that will warm your heart, spark your thinking, and ignite your professional practice. These live discussions are a ton of fun, partly because I can display your comments from the audience on screen during the broadcast. If you haven't taken part in the roundtable, make sure to join me on YouTube next Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Central, and 11 a.m. Eastern. Thanks again for listening to this Spark episode. In these challenging times, take care, share an encouraging message to lift up a colleague, and keep that fire for learning burning bright.